the technology, we can do it. The technology is there, but it's the people. You've got to get buy-in from the people. You've got to get support from the people. You've got to have your staff interested and, and, and you have to convince them of the, the long-term big picture. You just heard from Kenny Ratliff, GIS manager at the Oldham County, Kentucky Water District. In this episode, we talk with Kenny about how he transitioned the water district from paper maps to high accuracy data collection and GIS. Hello and welcome to the Field Notes podcast. My name is Demaya. My name's Josh. And we are your hosts of Field Notes. Our guest today is Kenny Ratliff. He is the GIS manager of the Oldham County Water District. Welcome to the podcast, Kenny. Thank you both. Looking forward to it. We are happy to have you. So today we're going to talk with Kenny about a variety of topics. First, Kenny, can you tell us a bit about yourself, maybe who you are, what you do, and how you got into GIS? Again, thank you all for inviting me to this. Uh, I'm a big follower. I love the content in the previous show, so I'm, it's really an honor to be included. Oh, thank you. So, uh, you know, uh, nothing exciting. Uh, my, my path to GIS is a little bit different than a lot of folks, I guess, because things weren't uh, near where they are now in terms of the technology and the availability and uh, and the networking as well. So I was born, raised, I've resided in Kentucky my whole life. Um, there was a, a short period when I attended graduate school uh, at Memphis State University, uh, and I was uh, there for geography. More currently, uh, my wife and I are recent empty nesters with our both our sons on their own, so we're still kind of adjusting to what that means. And as you said, uh, I'm with the Oldham County Water District. I'm the GIS manager. Uh, they hired me there in uh, 2016. And for several years uh, up to that point, they'd been building uh, a GIS with a staff member that uh, had many other duties. So he learned GIS on the fly. Uh, And we'll talk about how that story evolved as far as our GIS configuration now. And uh, so I grew up loving maps. I collected all the ones uh, you you guys, I don't know if you're familiar with the hard copy National Geographics that used to come out, but my parents uh, had those. And I collected probably just about every map that was in those, uh, you know, put them in a big box and still have a few of them here at the house. And so I really enjoyed maps growing up. And so I went to college uh, thinking that geology was going to be a, a good fit for me. Found out I wasn't really smart enough for that. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I took a geography class at Moorhead State University, and um, that really um, brought, it just felt right. So that... Uh, caused me to reevaluate and I ended up uh, with a geography degree uh, with the geology minor. Uh, and then graduating from there, uh, you know, that uh, didn't really do a lot with mapping directly or, or GIS because at the time I was, I did not know what a GIS existed. Uh, yep. So I was doing the ink maps, you know, with the, um, doing topo lines and all that with uh, drafting style type things. So uh, until 1997, and I got a job with a public health department here, uh, local health department, as a, an environmentalist. And I was attending a conference not long afterwards, and I met a gentleman from Esri at an Esri booth. And I'm like, oh, wait, maps. Okay, great. You know, I, I love maps. And uh, how does that apply to public health? And so he and I began a friendship uh, after that, and I was able to convince our administrators, Hey, you know, this is the future. Uh, we, we need to get this software. And fortunately for me, uh, I skipped the old, uh, uh, what was the precursor to 3.2, uh, arc, uh, info. Uh, so I skipped yep. those days, went straight to the GUI, uh, you know, the really pretty stuff, uh, which was good. 
And uh, so then spent 10 years uh, working in public health and growing GIS uh, from the local level up to the state level uh, to the point that uh, we were actually awarded uh, the Kentucky Department of Public Health. Uh, we were awarded a SAG in 2007, which was my first um, UC, as a matter of fact. Um, so just kind of wrapping up who I am, uh, I have to tell a quick story. Uh, my dad was the uh, guidance counselor at our high school growing up. And my sophomore year, he approached me and said, hey, uh, they're starting a computer class, you know, these new computer things that are out here. And it was like an Apple II, which, you know, had the big five and a quarter floppies, which oh, are yeah. in, in yeah. museums at this point. <laughs> uh, so he wanted to know, uh, hey, are you interested in taking that? And I kind of, I chuckled and I said, no way. Yes. I'm not, I'm not taking a computer class. That's a passing fad. That's not going anywhere. They'll never <laughs> use computers or anything. And so fast forward and, and now I'm making my, my livelihood and my money uh, using a computer daily uh, doing maps. So go figure. Uh, I'm, I'm the proverbial high tech redneck at this point. <laughs> you trademark well, that. <laughs> right. I think so. Well, I think George just... Jones may have done that in the song, Aww. so I'm just copycatting. Sorry. Well, you know what? We'll link to the song in the description exactly. too. Everyone go listen. Um, thank you, you. Thanks so much for, for sharing your story. I think you've done so much. I, I think it's also funny. You know, you mentioned like oh, like this computer class, like when am I going to use this? And now your life is computers. But another thing you said earlier when you were asking that person at, at Esri, like, well, how does uh, public health intersect with maps? And I mean, just looking at the past few years with the mm -hmm. pandemic, like, I mean, what, you know, everyone knows how, what that intersection is exactly. now. So it's incredible to see that evolution. Um, but let's get right into kind of the the meat of of why we brought you on today, Kenny. And that's for the work that you've done with the Oldham County Water District and kind of the ways in which you've, you've helped implement GIS and evolve um, kind of what was once uh, this paper map-based system into kind of this really smart and and um, robust system of using GIS, of using field apps, of using high-accuracy receivers to create these these asset inventories and among other things. So maybe you could just walk us through the history of your time at the Water District and why you transitioned or why the district transitioned from paper maps to GIS and kind of everything therein. Okay, sure. Um, so like I said, I was hired in 2016 um, and I inherited a, a pretty decent foundational uh, GIS. And, and interesting enough, again, talking about how things evolve, um, in 2007, uh, I was approached, uh, I was the um, Kentucky Geographic Information Officer at the time uh, and I was approached by a neighbor that said, hey, the water district's doing this mapping stuff and they could, would you help them? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I, I love maps and, you know, it's a nice fit. So uh, I actually uh, voluntarily uh, helped the own institute or, or uh, load up at the time the uh, state government uh, is it's what you would now call one of the solutions, right? Uh, it was a state government template. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was uh, originally what, they implemented to use uh, going forward for their attribution, their layering, that type of thing. Um, then they purchased a, uh, they had purchased a, a Trimble GOXT unit, uh, which, you know, you post process and you, you can get down uh, pretty, pretty significant accuracy. Um, but like I said, the guy that was doing that was, he had several other, other duties, meter reading, fixing brakes, you know, going out, uh, doing a lot of different things besides mapping. So, uh, I helped him get that started, not knowing uh, 
uh, you know, nine years later, uh, I was going to come back and revisit what I had started uh, with him and try to take that to the next level. So, um, like I say, great foundation to start from. Um, mm-hmm. We only had at that time, they had collector, uh, but only one person was really using that. And the workflow at that point uh, was, for example, on a meter installation, uh, our supervisor may roll out, look at the site, uh, come back, tell the guys where it's at, what to expect. They may go out, look at it, determine what equipment, what types of things they needed to get the meter installed, come back to the shop, uh, go back out, install it, and then come back. And they might give me a sticky note or they might just walk into my office and say, oh, uh, we put a meter up at this address, so you need to go you know, put it in the map thing. So I may or may not get to that. Uh, yep. And then, of course, uh, when you have breaks, you know, at midnight, uh, two o'clock in the morning, I'm not on call necessarily all the time. So uh, you don't get to capture some of that stuff that you're digging up and fixing, right? Underground utilities. Can't see them all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, hydrants, meter boxes, valves, those things are visible. But, you know, we have 355 plus miles of water line that you can't see. Uh, mm-hmm. So in some places, uh, well, to go back to how we started, the gentleman took all the plats or the plans uh, for new water installations and previous water installations, so the historic drawings, right? And he scanned those in and georeferenced them. And then he would digitize on the lines, essentially like what I did in college with the pen and tracing. Um, and that's how our GIS started in terms of capturing our water lines in this geographic or this electronic format. Um, the bad, the, the bad part about doing that was that all the plans were not as built plans. They were as designed plans. So where they had a water line going on this side of the road, well, it may have ended up on the other side of the road. And once it went in, we don't know that until say there's a break or something like that, that we go out and dig it up. And then we, and we've discovered a couple of places where, yeah, it, nope, line's not over here. It's on the other side of the road. Um, and so that doesn't happen a lot, but we do see a lot of still cleaning up a lot of those uh, areas where, you know, the plans just didn't indicate what was really there. Um, so that's what I got and, uh, what I used to, to build from. So we began to evaluate some different things. Um, I saw an ad in ARC news actually, uh, for a, a, a unit and I'm like, ah, could this really be true? Um, you know, advertise using a tablet with, uh, you know, Bluetoothing a device. And I'm like, oh, okay. So uh, actually contacted, talking about networking. Uh, I'd seen an article in one of the uh, utility newsletters from Esri about a gentleman that has u- was using this unit. Uh, it was an EOS unit, EOS positioning mm-hmm. systems, uh, GNS device, GNSS. And so I contacted him. He said, yeah, you know, it's working great for us. We haven't had a long time. Uh, we were able to get a demo model. And uh, from there, we decided to go ahead and purchase one. And the nice part about it is, you know, you can hand this off. They push a power button. They pull up a a field map, a field communications map. It's what I set up for them to uh, add data to in the field. And so they would, that's a hosted feature service. And they will collect a point. uh, And I will pick it up in Pro and digitize it into our authoritative database. So I'm sort of the QAQC piece mm-hmm. of that. Uh, and so that's how we begin to capture things. And that worked out so well that uh, five years later, we have five uh, arrow units capable of centimeter grade uh, collection. 
Uh, and vertical was a big, a big piece of that for our CEO. Uh, he was very adamant, and, and I want to say that he's very supportive uh, of of the mapping process. And his goal is to do the things now with RGIS that 20 years from now, these w people that are working there, when we're gone, will look at it and say, "Wow, this is so much, you know, easy." And, and yep. they did such a great thing doing this by, by beginning this accuracy, providing this data uh, at our fingertips uh, that, you know, somebody maybe down the road will appreciate the efforts. Um, so, like I said, we bought those units. Uh, we still actually have the first unit, so they're very durable. Um, now, I can't say as much for the tablets because we've had uh, a couple of our guys leave them sitting on a, a toolbox on a truck <laughs> and uh, kind of pull oh, outside no. and you go back and the dump truck ran over it. Oh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we've uh, had to replace a couple of the tablets, uh, but we have now, uh, that happened not too many months ago, and uh, we actually got a new tablet, and when we handed it off to the gentleman, uh, we had bought a big rainbow um, hard case, rainbow colored uh, hard case, pastel colors, with a Hello Kitty lanyard on it. Uh, so <laughs> he, uh, not going to lose that. Not going to lose that on a job site. Somebody's going to see that before you uh, take off on, on the toolbox, but uh uh, so we've, we've had a really good luck uh, with those units. Um, and like I said, the vertical piece was a, a, at that time um, had just started to come online with, with the EOS units and um, it's just done nothing but get better. And, and the vertical was a, an important point, uh, a sticking point for uh, our CEO because a lot of times we will go out and install a, a water line for say a, a state uh, highway project as a part of that. And so we put it in, we cover it up and then they come back and they do their things, building the roads, uh, you know, building up um, the, the, this like side pieces of that in terms of uh, like pull off areas. So what they end up doing is backfilling uh, over top of where we've put our lines in. So when we put this line in, it was 36 inches deep and then they come back and be and backfill over this and create a, a runoff slope and now you're 18 feet deep uh, so when we need to go back and find that uh, we can use that centimeter accuracy to come back and recover that spot shoot our elevation and give an exact depth and, and we've done that several times not just for that but for projects where they're just going to do some site work um, hey how deep's our line so that they don't get down that deep and we can give them a really good accurate um, interpretation of that. I guess going back to like the beginning of this development of GIS into the water districts projects, were there any pushback, I guess, that you guys received with transitioning to more of a digital environment? Because um, sometimes we talk to customers and users and they often say like the, the hardest thing is getting people on board with um, these changes. So did you experience any of that? So, you know, I uh, commented to a peer recently at a conference that um, I was wanting to do some project GIS type projects and, uh, and they're like, hmm, well, yeah, we could probably do it. I said, well, look, here's the thing, the, the technology, we can do it. The technology is there, but it's mm -hmm. the people. You've yeah. got to get buy-in from the people. You've got to get support from the people. You've got to have your staff interested and, and, and you have to convince them of the, the long-term big picture, you know? So it, uh, I won't say there's pushback, but yeah, there was some under the breath. Oh gosh, I got to go collect a point, you know, or I've got to, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, you know, it's usually two 30 in the morning, there's snow on the ground, they're fixing a water main break, they're freezing, they're muddy, they're cold. 
and you know i come in the office the next morning hey did you guys get that point before you covered it up oh, gosh you know i forgot that or or well it was just we were too cold and so now it's it's gotten much better in that oh hey we need to collect this before we cover it up and um so they're and and the good part about it is you know you you hear a lot of talk about uh, staff turnover and uh, mm-hmm. new generations and, and millennial thinking and, and all this type <laughs> thing, um, you know, that's, it's not all a bad thing, right? Because, um, the younger folks, and I can say that because I am kind of middle-aged and I'm not going to say old yet, but I'm getting, there. <laughs> um, but they're adept. I mean, they want everything on a phone, you know, they want yep. everything on a tablet. Um, uh, gentleman was talking at the IMGIS conference uh, last week. I uh, was asked a question and he was talking about his children and uh, I don't remember specifically, but um, he was saying that his first, when she was, his daughter was in first grade, they did everything on tablets. You know, they took their test on tablets. They, they did everything. And in third grade, they now have to write out their answers. And she's like, dad, after a few minutes, my hand starts. Hurting. <laughs> I don't like writing, you know? and, What's this uh, wooden writing utensil? Like? <laughs> exactly. You know, so, uh, so it's, it's a different, uh, it's not, it's a different way now, but it's not necessarily always a bad way. Um, yeah. Now you can become too reliant on technology. Uh, totally. It's great when it works, but sometimes when it's not, it gets really frustrating. And part of that is because yeah. we have become so acclimated to everything instantly at our fingertips with say a phone or a GIS a map or a, a whatever. Um, and then when it's slow to low, we're like, Okay, it's been ten seconds. Oh, this thing's not working. You <laughs> yeah. know, whereas before you would have to run roll a paper map, put it out on your hood, you know, and, and so we we get um I guess what's there's a word there for that where you kind of get used to you know, the newer things and then mm-hmm. when it doesn't work, you know, you, you're like, Gosh, this is horrible, but really it it's a lot better than it was even when it's slow. Mm, <laughs> so, yeah. Um so yeah, we, we got some um again, not pushback, but reluctance or oh great here's another thing that we've got to do so we we did think some things like have uh, brown bag lunches where we would talk through walk through if we were if we were implementing a new workflow you know we would have a training session give them all a chance to kind of walk through it make sure it worked for them uh, try to minimize any glitches that they might encounter Um, and and we still get those uh, but they they generally will give me a call and say, Hey, this isn't loading. Um, you know, what's, is there something going on? And, uh, normally, uh, since we're all cloud hosted now, uh, all of our uh, services, you know, that drive our presentation maps, uh, in the office and in the field, uh, all are in AGOL. Uh, I have the local database that I update then push those up to the cloud. Um, but if there's a glitch, uh, say a layer's not loading like it was last week and, uh, the gentleman called me and said, hey, this isn't loading. I said, well, do this. Uh, have you cleaned you know, the apps out of memory? You swiped them out. Um, have you restarted your phone? Well, no, I haven't. I said, restart your phone. So I didn't do anything, and I don't know if it really helped or not, but I knew by the time the phone restarted that whatever was up, hiccuping on Esri's side, it was going to be fixed. And okay. so the phone came up. He popped it up, and he said, oh, well, see, it's working now. You know, I said, <laughs> okay, you know, big deal. We, we got yep. it. So yeah. Um, so the dependability is, is great. And, and those, even those frustrations that they encounter are still overcome pretty quickly. And they're like, okay, now it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. we, and we certainly have some, um, more seasoned senior people that 
question a lot of that. Uh, you know, well, I like my paper and I like, well, we can still do that. You know, we can use um, uh, web hooks and that type thing to generate the reports in Survey123, mm-hmm. those tools to generate your paper. Um, so you're still not losing that. It's just a lot quicker on the, the front end of that collection, that sharing distribution. Um, you know, I think there's a couple of other questions uh, about monitoring our, our field operations yeah. and that type thing. So, you know, we use dashboards, um, we use web hooks, uh, we use, you know, those driving emails during our collections on the weekend. So if our field supervisor sees that, Hey, I'm not getting the, the the sampling reports through the email that I should be getting, or I'm looking at the dashboard. And the last one was, you know, four hours ago um, from home. He can contact the on-person, on-call person, and say, "Hey, you, everything okay?" Um, so it's just a, you know, again a, a, a QA QC type of flow that we have, and uh, that's how we keep up with a lot of our field operations, um, that, and when we yeah. have an AVL, uh, set up in our vehicles. So, you know, if somebody's parked at one spot for a long time, Hey, is everything okay? You know? Um, so a lot of, a lot of good things that uh, have come along and I'm kind of lumping them all together here, I guess, uh, yeah. without any specific questions, but, uh, we've come a long way since 2007 and even really since 2016, um, and a lot of that is the ease of the technology. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff is, is really drag and drop, plug and play anymore. And it's very easy for a, any industry really, uh, or utility to get started in the GIS game. Um, yep. so, so yeah, we're, we're really pleased. Um, our, you know, some of the things you have to have when you start building this, uh, you have to have buy-in, uh, from, yep your, your board, you have to have buy-in from your staff. Um, in my case, the CEO, our CEO is just adamant that we are going to do GIS mm. and we are going to make awesome. it as good as we yeah. can. And so, uh, he, he, you know, we'll sit down and talk about things and I'll re- recommend some, Hey, we really need to upgrade, get this tool, or we need to do this differently. And he's, you know, usually generally on board. Um, Going back to the GNSS questions um, and, and talking about buy-in, uh, at the time that we were evaluating uh, the EOS units, uh, and this was centimeter grade uh, unit, the Arrow mm-hmm. Go devices, and um, which, by the way, we have enjoyed them so much, and, and they're so easy to set up and use that we now have five of those uh, in our nice. in our twenty-person shop. So um, we are, are uh, both feed in on that regard, but. We, on our board, we have a, a surveyor by trade, and uh, he was like, you can't get centimeter grade level out of anything but a, a, a surveying device. You know, you know, it just it can't like, happen. And, well, actually. Yeah, well, so, uh, so I said, well, you know, I'm, let's, let's evaluate it and see. And so uh, we have several monuments that are uh, local. It's a consortium, GIS consortium, but the county had, had installed uh, several years before. And I said, tell you what, so I'll go out. I'll shoot those monuments. We'll come back, sit down, do the math. We'll see if it if it you know, if it meets your expectations. And he's like, "Well, I don't think it's going to happen, but okay." <laughs> so, uh, and and I kind of paraphrase. He, he wasn't that gruff, but uh, but he was a doubter and uh, went out, did the shots on the monuments, uh, came back, and I mean, I sat down and I was computing the stuff out to like the twelfth decimal place, you know, for easting and northing and, and you know, we uh, all the different latitude longitude information and um 
took it in. We sat down and I said, well, here's what I've got. And so he started scribbling and, you know, 20, 30 minutes later, he's kind of, hmm, well, <laughs> hmm, well, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess it'll work. You can get centimeter grade with, uh, you know, GPS unit and a, and a tablet. And so uh, it, it really went, um, began to go places then because we got not only the board buy-in um, and our CEO was, you know, as, as I said, very supportive uh, and it just simplified things for our staff. So you, you have to have that sort of buy-in up and down the ladder mm-hmm. to really get a good program in place. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And if you are listening and you need that buy-in, maybe this episode can can help you out with that <laughs> yeah. regard. And Kenny, you also have some really great uh, story map stories that you've put together too, that, that kind of outline with images and, and a history of of kind of everything you've been talking about that they'll link below as well. Um, if you want to just kind of see like a wonderful before and after story of putting in some of these these services. I do want to pivot a little bit. And I think one of my favorite parts of this story is the community engagement mm-hmm. aspect of it. And by having this information digitized with GIS and collected, there's kind of this transparency and sharing of data that you now have with the community. So I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about, about what that's looked like for your district. One of the first things we did to engage uh, and have a public facing presence with our GIS uh, was a um, service provider map that is linked to our website and uh, a person can say they're moving into our community and and they find our website and there's a link oh are you in whose area are you in so who should you contact for your water service and so it's just a simple you know you put your address in it has instructions there it's one of the earlier um web app builder i guess uh maybe so 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 we built this off of one of the early earlier web app builder versions and implemented that and so people can plug it in and then we have the surrounding water districts and then it says hey if you're in this blue area then you know give us a call at uh, otherwise they can see what other area they're in so very very simple first step uh, into that the next big thing that we did uh, we created a, a boil water advisory map that's also linked uh, to mm-hmm. our, our website and uh, we found that over time, people now are beginning, you know, they're, they're expecting that because we'll get a nice. call and, hey, something's wrong with my water. But I, and I checked this, the map and, and there's nothing showing in my area. So, you know, what's the problem? And, and we'll troubleshoot from there. But it's, uh, it's also a good interface where uh, they can go type their address in. It zooms into the polygon and, and they're either inside of it or outside of it. So they know whether or not they're under a boil water advisory. And we have information in another tab that says, go here to um, see what to do to use your water during this time. Um, so that's a, a really nice interface that we've gotten some positive feedback on. Uh, more recently, and, and uh, before I step into the next couple, uh, you mentioned the story maps, and you know we have those public-facing that talks about our history, uh, much of the same content that we've talked about uh, thus far, um, but it also goes into some more technical, um, technical examples uh, of how we do our day-to-day thing, uh, you know, some short videos about you know, how our guys are collecting, how we're moving the, uh, the water main over once we've uncovered it to the point they've, they've uh, captured with the units. Um, so story maps are, are a big part. And, and honestly, I don't think we leverage them enough at this point. I think there's some other things that we could build on and, and we are looking to build on with those, um, especially with some of the great tools that they keep coming out with, right? Yeah. All the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
so one of the more, two of the more recent uh, public interfacing pieces, uh, I created a map request hub site. So I used ArcGIS Hub uh, with Survey123 and just, you know, we get a lot of people, contractors, developers, um, and they want to have a map of an area so they can begin their development engineering uh, firms, that type thing. So in order to make that simplistic, uh, a more simpler process, we created this map request uh, form and they go in, they're able to put in where they're at, they're able to put on the map, hey, I want this area, describe what they're doing, get an email, uh, our CEO gets an email and they get a receipt email. And so now we all are aware, okay, there's a project going on potentially, which is a good thing for our CEO to know because he may not have heard about this and we can say, okay, you know, there's nothing there that we have that can support what you wanted to do, or it may, may trigger a question in his mind. He'll reach out, hey, what are you guys planning? Um, you know, so we can begin planning around uh, the water piece of that and how that needs to be enhanced, perhaps, uh, how it would be altered to fit your project. So it's kind of an alert thing for all of us, but it just captures everything that they're wanting. Uh, I can turn that around, create the map, send it back to them as a follow-on. Um, the bigger lift, heavier lift for us uh, was back in uh, the first year. Uh, we had some 811 underground locate uh, state law changes um, that uh, meant we needed to do things a little differently uh, in terms of positive response. So uh, most people that are in the water industry, industry or, or any of the, um, the uh, public uh, utility industries um, are aware about, you know, call before you dig type things. Mm -hmm. And so we did not have a good system uh, at the time and it was not a positive response system. So people would call in or a contractor or company would call to our front office, hey, I need a, a locate done uh, of your water infrastructure at this location. And so they're, they're writing down, you know, handwriting uh, directions and, and what's needed and where's it at. And, and we had a form for that. Uh, but that did not count as a positive response because the person requesting did not get anything to say, hey, no, here's, I called this date and, you know, you all took this information. So uh, started wor working with uh, uh, Experience Builder, actually. Uh, I had seen a, 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 I call a friend here uh, out of the St. Louis office had posted a, uh, a story on uh, LinkedIn about Experience Builder and was talking about some of the workflows that I was looking for. And I'm like, Ooh, I need to talk to him. And so we were, had a big session and he's like, Oh yeah, here's how you do this. And, and so he introduced me to experience builder. I hadn't really had an excuse to, to use it up to that point. And so ended up building this, uh, this form map type system, survey one, two, three form, uh, put it into a hub site. And so they now go out, there's a link on our website, you know, it tells them if it's an emergency, you still have to call, somebody will get back with you, um, but go fill this form out. And the advantage to that is when they fill that form out, they're typing in their email address. We're not writing it down and not getting it correct, mm -hmm. or we're not getting the phone number right. If it if it's wrong, it's going to be on the requester. Yeah. Uh, and, and we'll get a flag that, hey, this email didn't go back to them because the email address was wrong. So you know, that'll prompt us to call them and fix that or make sure, hey, here's what, is this what you're wanting? Um, so we, we've we created that electronic interface. So when that survey one, two, three is submitted, uh, that request is submitted, 
then our guys will go out in the field and then they will click on, uh, we used an experience builder to build a, a web app so that they can open it up, go into the response page of it, click on the area that the person that requested it wanted, and then that populates the reply information with their phone number, their name, the work site, their email address, so they don't have to type that in in the field on their phones and potentially get that wrong as well. So it just transfers all that data over. They put in our response, say we located it, we didn't locate it, here's what you need to be uh, concerned about or, or careful about, um, and then they submit that, and that generates an automatic email back to that person that requested it with the response. So they get a receipt when they, uh, via webhook, when they submit it, they get a response back within two days of once we have conducted the site visit, and our guys are sending it right from the site, and it's done. So there's none of this bring a work order back in, hand it to somebody in the office, somebody in the office calls that person up, tries to connect with them, let them know that the site has been marked. Uh, there's no email sending, it's just all automatic. So that really has, has saved us an immense amount of time uh, as a workflow. And, and we consider that a community engagement, right? Because we're a lot more efficient. Yeah. Um, the folks are getting things from us that so they know that we're taking action with what they're requesting. So. Um, just, just a few examples of, of how we try to engage uh, from a map perspective. Uh, you know, we're active in our community as well with um, Oldham County Day, and, and you know, we try to explain to people what we're doing, uh, how we're doing it, uh, show off our, our big shiny bulldozers and equipment, uh, as well <laughs> as our mapping uh, equipment also. So, um, so yeah, just, just a few pieces that we engage with. Maya, do you have any more questions for Kenny? I feel like we've covered yeah. So much ground. <laughs> no, I think we've kind of covered, like you said, so much ground. Um, it's been amazing seeing kind of an overview, one of like the process of building up like your GIS workflow, but also seeing how much you've kind of integrated it into your community in so many different ways that are all like super essential. So um, it's a really great hearing from you. And also how you've like continued to find new ways yeah. to evolve, like going and branching out to experience builder and finding ways to, to educate the community too. I think the more people who are involved in, in the know in that, like it just creates a better system for everyone. And like, you know, like these like resources are working for them as well and helping them with like any issues that they're having um, is also really essential as well. So it's cool seeing you kind of use Esri products to kind of mold into a way that you needed to and kind of use it. Um, the way that people, other people can as well. It seems like there's always a, you know, and I learn more about the Esri products a lot of times that I didn't know about or hadn't mm -hmm. thought about applying in a certain way until the need arises. And, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, will look at our GIS and say, wow, you know, you, you're, you're a, a really good GIS person, you know, you, you've built all this stuff. I'm like, and sometimes my head starts to swell and I'm like, <laughs> but then I go to IMGIS or I go to, I listened to another session at the UC and I'm like, man, I'm so stupid. Oh, no. You know, oh, no. these, these people, uh, it, but I say that in the sense that, you know, I've only scratched the surface of what GIS and, and the technology oh, can yeah. do just because I'm in my lane. And I look at some of the great analytic pieces, uh, what people are doing in regressions and, uh, you know, the, the health area. And, and there's just so much potential um, with the software and with the technology that, that I have yet to scratch. So I, I, I'm very humbled a lot of times when, uh, you know, I start thinking about how good we're doing. Well, yeah, but there's a lot of people doing a lot of really cool things that, you know, we're not doing maybe because we're not driven or don't have that need, but 
but there's a lot of tools out there that I've yet to even scratch the surface on, you know, and using. Um, Oh, I was just going to say, well, that's what's so great about this community, right? Because I'm sure there are people saying that exact same thing who look to you and what your county is doing and thinking like, wow, we're not doing any of those things. Like we should really get in on that too. And we do a lot for what we're, you know, we're considered a small rural water district. Um, Yeah. We're, we're at the tipping point of kind of the small to mid uh, range with our customer base at this point. But so, you know, talking about some of the best practices or uh, considerations for other water utilities and um, kind of wrap up with that, I guess the, uh, my advice would be to, if you're GPSing, using GNSS devices um, and you're mapping your system in, in whatever capacity, always capture anything that, that gets uncovered uh, because, you know, 90%, 85% of your infrastructure is underground. And if you have an opportunity to move that water line from 12 feet away to where it really is at a centimeter accuracy level, do that, you know, don't, don't pass that opportunity to clean that up and QAQC that information for the generations to follow. Right. Um, The other thing I would say is um, especially with the field maps uh, app and the GNS pieces, you know, get pictures anytime something gets uncovered. Uh, so our guys in the field, it's taken a while, but we've had several incidences where in, instances where we've been able to show them, hey, look, if we hadn't had this picture that was taken before this was covered up, we'd have no idea what was done or mm-hmm. what it looked like. Um, and we just had that happen yesterday, as a matter of fact, which is why it's fresh on my mind to, to, to bring out here. Um, we had an incident, a uh, big water main break, uh, New Year's Eve of two, two years ago. And our guys um, GPS some stuff, and we redid a whole big intersection of, of water main there with some valves and different things. And based on the collection, I could not figure out, okay, so what happened? What did, you know, what did we do? How did we fix it? And time went by and nobody could really remember Well, I think we did. Well, I'm not sure. And so we kind of put it off for a while, the discussion, and uh, was going through one of the paper maps yesterday based on a, a request from another staff person. And I came across that intersection in the plans, and I said, wait a minute. So I called the CEO and our supervisor in, and, okay, here's what was supposed to have been there. So what happened? It just so happened that one person had taken a picture, and we attached it to the, the field communication capture that we had done with the field maps, and we put the picture up. And within a few minutes, the people that were on the scene at that night said, oh, I remember what we did. See that, you know, this reducer and this elbow and that was attached here and we did this. And so the picture spoke a thousand words in terms of even two years ago, recalling what we had done and now figuring out here's how it needs to be mapped and make it right and make it representative. So um, pictures capture all the time. you know, make it as simple as possible in the workflows. Um, those are some of the things that, that I would recommend for anybody getting into uh, the mapping game. And and I think a lot of small utilities have dabbled with GIS, but for various reasons, small uh, one-person staff a lot of times in some of the smaller rural districts. Um, and with the advent of technology, uh, for example, the Eastern Kentucky flooding that happened recently, you know, several of those counties there had no plans, um, no GIS, and they had paper maps if they had that about their water systems. And I think part of that is 
one, it's an their older systems, um, but two, the technology really wasn't there in the hills, you know, to capture those uh, locations with with G GPS devices of, of old or previous um, devices. And now you have a lot more technology, a lot more satellite constellations, uh, mm -hmm. different ones to draw from. And these GNSS devices really capitalize on that. And um, I think that will be a game changer for a lot of small systems. And in that case, you know, they have an opportunity and, and we sit staff down to help repair those uh, systems. And they took our devices and said, hey, can you create a layer that we can capture this? And at least they'll have that part to begin to build on. So, you know, going forward, I see a lot more uh, uses um, by small utilities, especially because the, the cost is coming down, uh, the technology is getting easier and it's getting better. So. Yeah, I think there's some great opportunities there for a lot of systems to uh, get into the mapping game if they've either dabbled before or have not even started. Definitely. And I think so much of because people like you are out there paving the way and kind of defining some of these processes. And, and I feel like leading by example in a lot of these different ways is really helpful for, for others to see. Um, any way we can share this information to, to help other folks out, I think is always great. Um, Absolutely. But I think with that, Kenny, you've given us so much great information today. Thank you for sharing your experience and, and kind of your story and, and all of your history with GS. Um, it's been really wonderful having you on the podcast. And I think this is just really valuable information to have out there. So really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. It's been my pleasure. And um, I, I look forward to, to the episode. Uh, I hate hearing myself on any kind of recording. So I, you, you get know, used that, to it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it's all, it never goes away, though. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I've been told I have, you know, kind of an accent or something. And I'm like, well, what accent? Uh, you know, and, and then I hear myself and I'm like, oh, that happened. <laughs> So it's really been my pleasure, and uh, I just it's an honor to be included, invited uh, to participate in this. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I hope someone pulls something uh, helpful out of it. Um, and uh, again, just thank you all for the invitation and, and the time. Thank you for listening to the Field Notes podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Field Notes on your favorite podcast streaming platform and make sure to join us on the next episode.